I used to tell people that Las Vegas, Nevada was my favorite place to visit. And I still might, because the next runner up is the entire state of South Dakota, and that's harder to pinpoint or visit on a weekend. My parents used to go to Las Vegas for work. I still haven't done this podcast, but my parents were, and are, traveling entertainers. And about once a year, we would end up in Vegas for a week working at the comedy club at the Tropicana Hotel. Traveling to different towns to work at comedy clubs or private parties was basically my entire childhood, but Vegas was the best. This was because Las Vegas in the 90s was absolutely full of cheap or free child-friendly activities, at least if, like my parents, you were free during the morning or afternoons. I was homeschooled, but either we were in Vegas in the summer or we had some free time after and around classes to see the sights. To this day, there are plenty of casinos on the Vegas Strip that offer the child equivalent of gambling, aka arcade games, and every hotel has a pool. Swimming for hours in the Tropicana Pool with its isolated little islands and waterfalls was so much better than a normal hotel pool in a normal part of the continental United States. As a side note, I have no idea if the Tropicana pool is actually as cool as I remember it when I was a kid. Uh, more recently, I've been to the Circus Circus pool and it was a lot of concrete and crowding, at least when I went. It's hard to say if that is a side effect of age or if the Tropicana really did have a nicer layout. So I enjoyed the arcade games and loved the pool, but there's also so much else to do if you were a curious child with parents who could bring you places. Some things had a small fee, maybe small, maybe it was hideously expensive and I didn't notice because I was like eight. Uh, MGM had a Wizard of Oz themed yellow brick walking tour that included iconic animatronic scenes from the movie on a life-size scale, all accessible after you entered the casino through a gigantic version of the Cowardly Lion's Mouth. There was a King Tut's tomb exhibit at the Luxor that was basically a mini museum featuring information about the discovery of King Tut's tomb and life-sized replicas of tomb artifacts. There were also dozens of free shows. Treasure Island had a live pirate show in its front water feature, including probably a dozen actors, cannon explosions, and ships that moved. And it went on several times per day. The Tropicana had a Mama Tiki light show in its front rock face that was about some kind of island spirit. Uh, not my favorite show, but it was right outside our hotel, so it was easy to see. My very favorite was the dragon show at the medieval-themed Excalibur. Every hour or half hour, a gigantic mechanical dragon would emerge from the door under the moat, roar and growl and breathe fire, and then be driven back by a mechanical wizard shooting fireworks from his wand. You could feel the heat of the dragon's breath even from the walkway. And for a small child obsessed with dragons, magic, and all things fantasy, it was a delight. That's the secret of Vegas, even today. Everything is fake. Many things are more glitz than substance. But there's always something real, too, if you're willing to look for it. They dye the water their blue to look better, 
but they've also built true fountains in the desert. The dragons may be clockwork all the way down, but the fire is real. One of my very favorite things to do in Vegas was the MGM Grand Adventures theme park. Remember, my parents and I were usually there during the week and had plenty of slow weekdays to explore the rides and attractions. The theme park had many fun activities, an indoor roller coaster, rides that took you into the center of the earth or on a jungle cruise, a live Three Stooges show. But the best one, and something that we would ride again and again was the Grand Canyon Rapids Ride. This was a Rapids Ride with sound effects and fun and water that squirted out at you or dropped down on you from various areas. Nevada is a desert and it's hot, hot, hot. So usually a chance to get dumped with water or even misted was a pro, not a con. The first time that we went on the ride, there's a sign on the entrance, warning, you may get wet. A savvy rider could usually see the shoots of water and the big downspouts coming and could avoid them if they wanted to. On a different year, when we went back, and I remember going to this park every year we were in Vegas at least once, the sign had changed to, warning, you will get wet. In the last stretch of the ride, after most of the narration and little water drops were finished, they had installed water bombs that were controlled by the people who had just gotten off the ride or who were waiting to get on. For a quarter, you could explode a water bomb and completely soak the riders on the last stage of the ride. We never rode that ride without getting completely soaked to the bone. And as soon as we got off, we would go over to the water bombs and return the favor for someone else. It was so much fun. You may have noticed that I've used past tense in these last few minutes and paragraphs. The idea of Vegas is really bittersweet for me because every specific thing I loved as a child, including every attraction I just mentioned, no longer exists. Uh, the MGM opened with the Wizard of Oz walking tour in 1993, and with two, within two or three years, they'd cleared out the yellow brick road for more slot machines. The King Tut exhibit left the Luxor in 2008 and donated the artifacts to a museum. The dragon died and breathed no more as of 2001. The theme park fully shuttered by 2002 and the pirates battled no more by 2003. With the exception of the theme park, which has since been replaced by the signature at the Grand Hotel and Condo Facility, you can still see the remnants. Treasure Island still has a bay out front, and the MGM is weirdly shaped where the lion entrance used to be. You can still see a hint of the dragon's shadow under the moat, where it used to emerge but all these attractions are gone. I still remember loving them and love in many ways the fanciful dream of Vegas. It transports you, whether that is away from your responsibilities, your restraint, or just away from what passes for normal in this strange world of ours. 
It transports you. But that was my childhood when I fell in love with what Vegas could be in that particular point in time. In my next episode, coming up just next week, I'm going to tell you what Vegas was when I experienced it more recently as an adult. This is known as Belen, telling you about Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. And thank you for listening.